Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Instant Classic Podcast. My name is Jay Sub. With me, as always, my brother, Emery Ogletree II. What's going on, Tree? My brother, I am loving life right now. It has been set. The Final Four stage is here, and I couldn't be more happy. The only thing that could have made it better is if Duke and North Carolina were on opposite sides. But I'm, I'm loving the setup. Oh, oh, I love this. It can't get any better. Well, you already know how I feel. Anyone but Duke. Now, you know, my preference is Carolina. And before we even really get into it, I like to just give take a, a couple minutes to give a shout out to the to the wonderful fight and the great tourney run by St. Peter's University. The Peacocks, man, they were probably like the most entertaining aspect of this tourney. Um, they had a great season. I think if he chooses to leave, he is not going to be short for job offers. Uh, Shaheen Holloway, um, the St. Peter's head coach. What did you think about their run? I agree with you 100%. Uh, I, I get bothered by people who dismiss teams like St. Peter's. You know, I, I, I was looking for the tweet here uh, that I just saw here on Twitter. I know my man's name. Uh, he's normally on ESPN. I just can't. Jamie Foxworth, yeah. Uh, Foxworth on ESPN. And he basically was just talking about why this is why he hates, you know, Cinderella teams. Because he's like, you know, you knew they were going to lose. He's like, that's why I just prefer powerhouses. And I was like, no, that's just that's just disrespectful. I mean, this is just what March is about. Mm-hmm. You know, we we all have our fun. We fill out these brackets and we try to do it to the best of our abilities, you know, be quote unquote experts. But the teams like this, man, is what makes the dance so fun. You know, St. Peter's earned so much respect in this run. You know, they they earned the right to be in the Elite Eight. And to lose to North Carolina, you know, I don't even care about the deficit or the score. You know, North Carolina was just a better team. I, I expect North Carolina to finally be the ones to kind of end the Cinderella run for St. Peter's. But, I mean, look at this. This is the team whose leading score averaged 12 a game. Yeah. Think about that. You got the elite eight and your leading score average 12 a game. I mean, what else is there to say? I mean, if anything else, it just makes me excited to see what, you know, what's in store for them in the following season. Because like you said, Coach Holloway, who definitely put himself on the map for, you know, coaching jobs moving forward. I mean, this brother showed that he can do the job. Yeah. But I, as for myself, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I, I would expect him to come back. And let's say when St. Peter's themselves come back next year, I won't be surprised if we may not uh, see them like maybe in a maybe a low twenties, maybe teens ranking mm-hmm. going into next year because I they had two seniors, uh, the their uh, defender in Dope. Yeah, I think so. You're probably from us again. Yeah, he's a, he's a senior. You know, and, and no disrespect to St. Peter's, but it's not like I really see quote unquote NBA talent right now. So I would expect the majority of them to come back anyway. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I, I won't be surprised if they come back ranked next year. And like I said, again, they won't be Cinderella's anymore. But this is but this is where you earn your respect. This is where you show you belong. It was a great story. St. Peter's did their thing. You know, you just ran to a juggernaut in North Carolina, man. But nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be ashamed of. This was a great season for them. Hopefully they'll learn from this and just, you know, build from top of that. Yeah. I was I was happy for them. Um like me and my cousin were joking. There were three Kentucky players who uh, 
left who entered the transfer portal. You think they're going to St. Peter's? <laughs> <laughs> you think they jump and ship? <laughs> no, I, I don't think they're going to St. Peter's. Like I said, if you, if you transfer from Kentucky, that means you're probably going to either another SEC school or somewhere in the ACC, but that's funny, though. I mean, again, I mean, if anything else, I mean, Holloway, you know, I mean, let me say this. The thing about schools like St. Peter's is kind of like my school. You know, you know, I went to the University of Charleston, even though we were D2. I mean, but it's almost along the same lines outside of, you know, the divisions in terms of these schools you never heard of, mm-hmm. you know. And this is, a, and, you know, runs like these is how you garner attention. Now, are you always going to get, you know, five-star players? Probably not, because yeah. these are probably guys who are looking to go to the, you know, the Blue Bloods, your Dukes, your Kansases, your Kentuckys, your North Carolinas. But, I mean, you might be able to grab a four-star here or there, yeah. you know, especially, you know, if you're you no know, local area players, you may want to stay close to home. Yeah. And then having a coach like Holloway who's shown that he knows how to play a game, he shows that he has a rapport with his players. I think that's very vital because every coach – you know, just because you're a good coach doesn't necessarily mean that you're necessarily a guy who can relate to your players. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm speaking that from, you know, personal experience. I mean, I think about every coach I played for, you know, from high school, even all the way up, you know, to professionally. I never really quote, would say, quote, unquote, a, a, pers- a close personal relationship with them. I showed up to play and respected them in their positions. But on a personal level, there was no real relationship. It was just like they were coach. I was the player, mm-hmm. you know, but the kind of rapport that I see in Holloway reminds me of the kind of rapport I had with my former mentor, you know, yeah. uh, Calvin in high school. I mean, Calvin coached me, but there was also that personal relationship that we had that just, you know, you know strengthened our bond that it just even helped uh, obviously made me a better player. And I think that's what you get with Holloway. And I feel like said so with the job he's just done, and I think if he shows up in your living room to recruit your son, and obviously speaking from his own experience, because he knows what it's like to be in those positions. I mean, he was a baller at Seton Hall. You know, barring you know, the injury he suffered while he was balling, you know, this dude could have probably had a nice lengthy run in the league. Yeah. You know, he, he was a baller. But, I mean, he, he just looks like definitely the kind of guy, the kind of coach I would want my son or sons to play for. You know, and sometimes I think it's just good to want to go to a school to take the road less traveled. You know, everybody wants to go to the Blue Blood schools, and that's all right. But sometimes, let's say, if you go to schools like these, this would really help you get noticed. Go to the places where there is no tradition, where there's really no reputation, and create yeah. one. And that's what these guys did. If you can hoop, they will find you. CJ McCullough, Dame Lillard, Lehigh, mm-hmm. and Weber State, respectively. Like, I can't tell you where either one of them schools are located. But all I know is they get to the tourney, all it takes. Is just you balling against the right team. Even if y'all go down, if you leave your mark, it's over. You in the league. Exactly. They know. Great, great example. Damian Lillard. You know, and Lehigh's in Pennsylvania. But uh, but Damian Lillard, I mean, you think about these these guys didn't go to the you know the big name schools, but when they got their opportunities to go up against those schools, they made the most of their opportunities. Yeah. You know, I mean CJ McCall is a great example because what when they upset Duke. It was Duke. Never forget. Yeah. <laughs> when they upset Duke, I mean, think about it. I mean, that huh, talk about being put on the map. Yeah. That's who you want to be. <laughs> I said, so I mean, I think this was one of those things again where I think, you know, if I could do it all over again, like and just knowing what I know now, don't really know how the game's played on the inside and out. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's nice to go to those schools, the big name schools and school like that, but don't necessarily, you know, shortchange the schools that you're not too familiar with because you can really make your own reputation. Yeah. You know, especially if you can, you know, make them the kind of noise St. Peter's did in this game. I mean, like I said, I, the Kentucky game. How many lottery picks are on that Kentucky team? Like, Think about it. I mean, probably about like four at least, three or four. Yeah. So, and think about the players who are on that St. Peter's team, and they beat them. Yeah. You can't, you can't take that away from them. Like, yeah, you're going to get drafted, and probably some of y'all in the top ten in the NBA draft, and we beat y'all. <laughs> I said, that, that's, get, that's enough game film right there. Even if you don't go to the NBA, hell, they'll get you overseas. Yeah. Huh, yeah, look, this is the game I had against Kentucky <laughs> with uh, their lottery picks. Here, check this out. Without, without question. I said nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. But like I said the the final four is set, man. It the is. final four is set. You know the re- the rest of the way. Uh, so we we saw Miami and uh, Kansas play today. I really thought Miami gave that one away, man. I said they they've had Kansas, you know, kind of out of the standing eight count going into halftime. You know they were would have they were up six going into half when they were playing Kansas, and I don't know what happened that second half. It just seemed like Miami just. They, Dare I say they got relaxed? Yeah. I said I don't, and I don't know why. I mean, they just got sloppy, especially that point guard Moore, my man, who's been to four different schools, or was it six different schools? I think it was six different schools. Yeah. Yeah, six different schools. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a very intriguing story. But still, I mean, just like I, I mean, the turnovers and just that's what really came back to bite them, and Miami just capitalized on all of it. And once Miami, once Kansas found that rhythm, it was oh, they, they just yeah, they basically just you no know, took it to Miami and just said, Yeah, your 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 run is over too. Your your run is over too. It had to be done. This is this is a final four where we needed all the heavy hitters. We ain't had no time for Miami and a nice little story. I have nothing against Miami. You know, I, I love the ACC teams, man, but they had to get up out of there. We needed Kansas, mm-hmm. we needed Villanova, we needed anyone. <laughs> who can beat that team in Durham, which is why, like, St. Peter's had to get gone. Like, yo, man, this is a wonderful story, but we need you up out of here. Like, only serious only serious candidates need to apply. <laughs> like, I mean, fair enough, man. I, I think, you know, obviously with the story being mainly about Coach K and this is being his last year, mm-hmm. this will be one of the most exciting Final Fours probably well within a decade. You know, and I say we can't overlook the other stories. I mean, think about it. we got Bill Nova here for the third time in the last seven years. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Coach Jay Wright, just you know, reaffirming why he's in the Hall of Fame. You know, I mean, this this man knows how to coach. Bill Self, I mean, he's been here before, you know, but this the, the storyline again, man, it's like it is it, it's just too poetic. It had to be this way. One yeah. last time, North Carolina and Duke to go to the show. It had to be this way. It had to be this way. One more time. I love it. The only and thing that would make this sweet sweeter is if UNC blows the doors off of Duke one more time. <laughs> like, I mean, down by like 30, like blow the doors off. That's what I want. I want to see Coach K's family you. crying on the sideline. I want to see the fans <laughs> crying on the sideline blow the doors off these dudes early and often 
all we need is love, man. All we need is love. Is that what he kept saying? Well, we'll, 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 we'll love find a way. We'll that, love, the, love, love will conquer all. Will love conquer all? I, I said for me, man, once again, it's, it's just my respect for Coach K. Yeah, like I said, one of my brackets. I don't do one at all, man. I mean, again, Coach K, arguably, I can see why people say he is the greatest. Again, but I can't necessarily just put him above Wooden in my book, but he's right right there next on me. Hell, he just broke Wooden's record, 13 Final Fours. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this man is a legend. And to see him to go out, you know, with one more banner, you know, that, that sixth ring, would just be so poetic. But again, but to go against Carolina, the years of the wars from your Dean Smith to your Roy Williams to now Hubert Davis. <laughs> Hubert didn't get a, a long run with Mike, but right now he's been a he's been a thorn in, in Coach K's side. He is. Because we, we, we saw what he did in Coach K's court. And remember what Coach K said after that game was over, this was unacceptable. And you can't tell me that Coach K won't be playing that game back. Oh, Coach K, I know. He may not say it outwardly, but I know Coach K. He's he probably wanted this. Yeah, man. He like Coach K, why he embarrassed them kids like that, man? All he had to do was just, just keep it moving. Keep, you know, just like, hey, thanks for thanks for being here all these years. He ain't have to embarrass them boys saying like this was unacceptable. We all knew it was no, no. we all knew y'all got the, the, the brakes beat off you by the superior team. Like we all we all saw the game, Coach K. Them kids ain't need to, yeah, they ain't need to hear that. I was with Coach K 100 percent because that was a disgusting performance on the behalf of Duke, that game. I mean, it, it props to Carolina. I mean, they showed up, handled their business. We talked about it. I mean, they did not let the moment, you know, usurp the fact that, look, we're here to win a basketball game. We don't care if it's his last game in his gym. We're here to win, and that's what they did. Respect to Carolina. But Coach K, I would have been the same way because I, even as I watched Duke play that game, I was just like the effort that they were playing with. It's like, they just did not seem to have, they, they weren't playing hard. They That's weren't playing with any kind of purpose. It was a celebration. They they had the gall to put the celebration after the game and not before it. And I'm like, man, y'all better put that thing before the show, but nah, y'all want to have it afterwards, after y'all beat the dreaded rival one more time. Nah, homie, y'all ain't going to dance on our behalf. And, fair, and that's the way it's supposed to be if you're the opponent. And rightfully so, I mean, hell. Hey, we all well, we weren't born yet, but 69 finals, Boston and LA. Mm-hmm. Bill Russell's final championship. They found out they had them balloons up in the rafters. Said the happy days are here again. We're supposed to be playing with they when they lost. And Bill said those balloons aren't coming down. And they never did. Yeah. <laughs> he kept he kept them balloons in the ceiling. So I said, don't care if I handle their business, but Coach K. I, like I said, he he'll never admit it. I know he'll downplay it, even if Duke should win. But you can't tell me that this man, one more go round, one more for Tobacco Road, <laughs> one more time, is not going to look at his players and say, the last time we played them, not only did we lose the, the, the game on the court, we lost the game internally as far as in, our, in your chest. They had more heart than we did. You know, I said, throw all the X's and O's out. It's just trying to go to war one more time. North Carolina knows what's on the line. Duke knows what's on the line. Let's just go. Like I said, win or lose, again, even if Coach K goes down, man, like I said, I just love the story. The first time and the last time in Coach K's story career, North Carolina versus Duke. I don't care if they play each other 10 more times after this. 
No game will be bigger than this one. Yeah, I, I, unless they plan for a, a championship, and even then, it may not be bigger than this one. It, it still, it still wouldn't be, unless uh, you know, oh boy, who's coming behind Shashevsky usurps him. And I believe me, I don't believe the guy coming behind him is going to be the next Coach K. Like I said, this, this is the one. Like I said, the only thing that would have made this better is if y'all had met for the national title. Oh. <laughs> but I'll, so I'll, I'll gladly take the final four. Oh, I love it. I love it. One more time for the role, Coach K. Let's go, man. Let's go. And Justin, like, I don't know whose game is first, whether it's Carolina. I think Carolina oh, is, is the oh, second oh, game. Oh, you, you, you guys got the you guys got the headline. Um, You're the last game that night. <laughs> You had to be. I would yes, prefer you know. Carolina be first. That way, uh, I would know who to cheer uh, for in the second game. Since uh, uh, unfortunately, no. Villanova's second leading scorer uh, tore his Achilles, and he's out for the you yes. know rest of the tourney. Yeah. We yes. can't have Villanova play Duke. That's just that's just a non-starter. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, you need to take care of Duke yourself. Hey, Don't worry I'm about saying, over Miami. I'm just making sure that. In case it's, it's insurance, man. Like I believe I can drive, but that don't mean I don't have like Geico. <laughs> I said, don't worry. I said it had to be y'all had to be the last game. There's no way you could have the game like this to go to the national championship be first. Oh, that would be an injustice. The injustice that would be. I mean, I still watch, but no, this this has to be the last game of the night. It has to be. There's no way you put that on first. I don't care who wins between Kansas and Villanova. Well, I kind of do because I got Villanova winning my other bracket. Still, North Carolina and Duke had to be last. I'm telling you, it may not be Magic Bird in 79, but this game, I believe, is going to be a ratings giant. You can't tell me it won't get in the top five. I mean. I refuse to believe it won't get in the top five. Like the the sides are all I was on Twitter beforehand. The sides are already like drawing. It's like, man, you either Team Duke or you Carolina right now. Hey, that's that's, that's all it is. Uh, what's the old girl's name? Ashley Nicole Moss. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she she bleeds North Carolina blue. And like I told you, because as we were going from round to round, and all I kept hearing from you kept saying, <laughs> somebody take care of Duke. Somebody take care of Duke. And you get, they kept letting you down. That's all you kept saying. What I tell you, and you want something done right, got to do it yourself. Got to do it yourself. Got to do it. Yourself. It's here. It's here. It's here, North Carolina Tar Heels. It's here. One more for the road. Yeah. After <laughs> we after we defeat Coach K, we will give them that celebration they've been dying for <laughs> since they since they were a little saucy that we didn't celebrate coach k we'll we will celebrate him on his way out the door <laughs> we will be y'all, the gonna, y'all, gonna, y'all gonna give him a standing up <laughs> we will give him that standing up on the way out so many storylines i mean obviously north carolina duke and like i told you it would be so poetic if kansas beats villanova duke beats north carolina and Duke goes on to beat Kansas. And this man literally goes out the same way he went in to win his first national championship against Kansas. Oh, oh you, you can't write this stuff. Or Carolina <laughs> and Villanova can do it again. Like, let's not forget. <laughs> let us not forget the true. beef I have with Villanova. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. 
And I, not, Lover didn't do anything. What was his name? Uh, uh, Dante. White Dante. <laughs> Dante. Whatever his last name is. I can't. He plays for Milwaukee. Well, I think he played. I think he got traded from Milwaukee in the uh, Serge Ibaka deal. But man, he has gotten on my nerves since that game. Like, distasteful. Distasteful. Like, Villanova is probably like my second least favorite team in the country just because of that championship. Hey, all I remember is when he let that go, it, he knew it was going. He just stood there. He knew it was good. I mean, he just let it ride. And I mean, so he just held that pose. And I was like, that's good. And as soon as it went through, man, I mean, my man just turned around and said, what? <laughs> uh, I'll never forget that game. I will. Yeah, so we can run that back one more again. I would love to have a rematch. Oh, we got to do is just dismiss remember, Duke. Remember, remember, it was Chris Jenkins that made the game winner. Chris on Jenkins made the shot. Yeah, not not yeah, White Dante. And then what's his name? Ryan Archidiakono was on that squad too. They just they were guard heavy, but now they 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 need to get what their their come up. It's it's time. There's a lot. There's a lot of storylines there. I mean, a lesson. So so many storylines. This final four. Oh, Saturday. I, I, I already need, I need to pre-order my pizza. Probably give me some. Oh, if I don't get the pizza, I'm going to have to get some wings. I'm, all I know is I'm not cooking that day. I'm ordering something. I'm ordering something, and I'm going to sit back and watch, and you better have your phone on you because you, uh, you already know I'm going to be hitting you up. You will. You will. But so I am very sports superstitious. and I know. Like- you don't have to tell me. Things were going well during that Carolina game. I was like, man, I ain't putting, I ain't texting nobody nothing until this game is like, until I feel like it's in hand. Like, I don't want, as long as there's too much time on the clock, like if we're up by 20 and there's eight minutes left, I ain't sending nothing. I got to wait to the three minute mark before I feel comfortable because I ain't seen crazy things happen. I told my wife that exactly because when y'all were losing, uh, (laughs) <laughs> when y'all were losing the previous game before y'all played St. Peter's today. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, who'd y'all play? UCLA. Yeah, when y'all were playing UCLA, and I was texting you, y'all were down, and I just started laughing. And my wife was sitting there like, why are you laughing? <laughs> I was like, Inks not responding to me. I was like, he's not happy right now. She's no. like, what do you mean? I was like, hey, years of experience has shown me, like, this dude, my brother will not respond. I was like, they, North Carolina can start winning. He still won't respond until the game is in hand. I, I cried. I was crying. And sure enough, I didn't hear from you until, hey, it was in hand. But you know me. I'll be hitting you up anyway. You oh, yeah, you will. Like, even during the Baylor game, like, when that run started happening, I turned to chopped. I'm like, man, I can't sit through this. Like, I, <laughs> like, like I, I will turn back after, like, three minutes, but I had to, like, I had to calm down, be like, I can't watch them right now. <laughs> like, this is bad for my blood pressure. That's, like, that's like I will get away. I will, I will. And I if they had made will. another run, I would have kept it on chops. Like, if, if they are winning without me, I will stay away. That's why I wish I would have been at your house. I'd be like, oh, no, you're not going nowhere. We're going to sit right here together, and we're going to watch this. <laughs> oh, no, that's only made it better. This is going to be a great Final Four. I can't wait. Villanova and Kansas, it should be a great game. But the game of games, this is 
easily the game of the year. One more go round. One more for Tobacco Road. Coach K, North Carolina, Duke. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. So let's let's transition from Coach K at Duke to another Dukie. Kyrie Irving. He finally gets to play at home. And oh, and I've been reading about this kind of like on Twitter and on like different websites. It isn't anything Kyrie did. If anything, who should yeah, absolutely. Thank? thank you for saying it. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Kyrie shouldn't even thank the mayor of New York. The one person he should be thanking is Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees, because evidently he too is unvaccinated. Because if there's one thing those New Yorkers love, it's the Yankees. They will not do anything to sacrifice the Yankees winning. And if Kyrie had played for the Knicks, this would have been resolved a long time ago because they don't care about Brooklyn. So yeah, he needs to, he, he should be thankful because he didn't do anything. All he did was just kind of wait this out. He could have been playing months ago, but now they in a position they in where they're going to be the eight seed taking on. I think Miami pretty much has a stranglehold on that one seed at this current stage, even though they've been losing a lot lately. Mm -hmm. Um, you got you got any thoughts on this Kyrie situation? I'm just glad you said what you said. Kyrie Irving doesn't deserve any accolade, any uh, no praise or anything. I mean, if, if you're praising Kyrie Irving, you're jackets. Yeah. Point blank. If you're praising, if you're cheering Kyrie Irving for quote unquote standing his ground, you're jackets. That's it. Is just point point blank. I say it to your face. Yeah. It's just. It's, you know what? You know, you may hear the annoyance in my voice, but I'm actually happy. I'm glad he's playing. I really am. May not sound like it. Oh, but I'm so happy he's playing. Because my stance on the Nets have not wavered one bit. If anything else, I love it. Yeah, let no him excuses. play. Let him play. Let him play. Because I don't want to hear anything. The Nets still won't win a title. They still won't win nothing. So, yeah, now Kyrie's playing, and we all still fall short, and you still don't win nothing. Kyrie Irving can still kiss my A-double crooked letter. Because all that for what? I mean, did you hear all that nonsense in this, you know, press conference? Yeah. I don't want to say anything until it becomes a reality. And da -da -da -da. Man, shut up. Seriously. I mean, at the end of the day, first you're right, this is more about baseball than Kyrie Irving, mm -hmm. which is why he doesn't deserve any praise. But think about this. You go on this huge carousel, and now you see me talking about, well, I want to be with KD in Brooklyn for the long term. For what? I said, this is, and this is the thing about KD that bothers me. It annoys me. I'm not talking about KD as a talent. We know who KD is as a talent. We know that. But I'll say, I'll say, I'll say to my grave until he proves me wrong. Them two rings you got at Golden State, it's not like you really earned them, dude. Yeah. You went to a team who didn't really need you and quote-unquote took the easy way out. It bugs me when people praise Kevin Durant for what he did at Golden State and getting those finals MVP. Deservedly so, but who was going to beat him? Who? It's true. If I'm Kevin, Dur if I'm Kevin Durant, and I hear Kyrie Irving talking about, well, I want to be with KD and Brooklyn for the long term. Man, you don't have to say it in public. 
I'm getting you by yourself, and we're gonna go around this again. I'm not going through this with you again. Especially if we don't win this year. Yeah. And never forget, this is the exact same thing he said in Boston before he ended up leaving. Fair enough, but still, I mean, because their relationship is so played out in the public, is they're supposed to be like brothers, like you and I. Mm-hmm. There is no being him, especially if we don't win this year. And you want to put that in the public? I want to be with you for the long term. I'm not going through this with you again. Okay, the mandate's lifted. What about but what if it's something else the next time? Yeah. All you gotta do is look at Kyrie's track record over here over the last what three to four years. Even before COVID, this dude was barely playing. He's flaky. Some of it was due to injury. Okay, fine. But other stuff was just Kyrie being Kyrie. Yeah. I had a teammate, not, well, catch me on the right day, but he was similar to Kyrie. Great talent, but his commitment was trash. Is he like a fool? I was like KD because I was close to him. I went to bat for him. Now, down the line, eventually I smartened up and tried to get this dude removed. But my coach, like I said, let's put it this way, it didn't happen. And to this day, it's something I'll never forget. I regret that decision to this day. I should have never went to bat for that dude. Yeah. And I feel that at the end of the day, that's going to be Kevin Durant. Because I've said it and I've said it again. I do not see them ever win a title. They will go down in history as the most overrated super team in the history of the NBA. Book it. And I don't ever want to hear again how Russell Westbrook was the worst teammate Kevin Durant ever had. No, no. Kyrie got that by a mile. Agree. Or, or really, James Harden now. <laughs> you know, honestly, to me, James Harden is, isn't even really a factor anymore in this whole situation. If anything, he was smart to get out. But now, let's say, if anything else, no, things in Philly looking rough, because I'll say it again, Daryl Morey gave away too much. Yeah, they got too many holes. They're, they're top heavy AF. That's the thing about Phil. But I don't blame James. I don't want to get out of that out of that dumpster fire too. Put me with cats who want to show up and ball and try and win. Simple as that. We went through all of this because you just didn't want to get a shot. Because your ego. Because your narcissistic attitude, and now because it just happened to fall into your favor, the things going your way, I'm supposed to believe now you're 100% committed. No, nah, even if I was on that no Nets bench, I'm looking at Kyrie with a side eye, like I still don't trust you, dude. You shouldn't. Kyrie has never given anybody any chance, any reason to. Because if it's not, if it's not this thing, like I'm telling you, let it be something else. And then and I'm saying, and I'm gonna look at Kevin Durant. What do you got to say now? There's one thing was COVID, but if it's something else, now what you gonna say? If you still come away with this with no rings and you get people talking about how you, yeah, you're a great player, you're a great talent, KD, but you did have to kind of you know tuck your tail and run to the team that beat you just so you can get a ring. You couldn't do it on your own. As I said, you had to take the coward's way out. That's just me. <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right, so let's transition to our last topic. 
And that is the, the controversy that's been going on with uh, the collegiate swimmer, Leah Thomas. Mm-hmm. A lot's been going on. A lot has been said. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let you let, let you go in, sir. You go ahead and go first. Fair enough. I'm going to say this. To me, there's a difference between your life's journey and your competitive journey. You know, especially from a from a sports standpoint. My competitive journey from a sports standpoint in terms of my life when I was actually a you know, full-time athlete, mm-hmm. that's over. You know, it, it's done. I'm still competitive, but, you know, just not in that regard. I, however a person choose to live their life and define happiness for them, it's completely on them. You know, the one thing I hate in today's society is that, you know, it's just going to happen anyway. See, everybody's always going to have an opinion about something. Mm-hmm. Even it has nothing to do with you. You know? I mean, it's no different than us talking about this topic. You know, I have an opinion on this person. Now, how does Leah Thomas, you know, the, choose to live her life? She's a transgender, you know, female who swims. She was at one time a man. That was her choice. However, she defined, chooses to define herself is her prerogative. I don't care. I mean, do you. But from a competitive standpoint, no, I've been reading the story. I'm not sure when I mean, you get a moment, you'll be able to speak on it. Mm-hmm. No, just reading the stories and everything else like that. And I've been trying to like read up on the research and stuff like that because I see it from, I guess I, I, I'm looking at both sides of everything, of course. You know, because the one thing you constantly hear is like, should transgender athletes be allowed to compete? Now, on the female side, for me, it's always been a lot more interesting. Probably mostly because obviously I'm a man and just looking at certain certain things, I think there's just certain factors that I look at where it's just like, I can see why there would be objections as to why, you know, transgender females shouldn't be allowed to compete. Mm-hmm. Now, biologically, Men are, for the most part, more physically stronger than women. That's, for the most part, just biologically that we are. Now, from what I, based on what I've read and some of the research, just trying to get some information on this because I'm no expert, so obviously don't quote. I'm just going off what I've read. In the transition of, you know, an individual who's transitioning into a female in terms of taking the hormones, they take it for a year, you know, maybe even a little longer than that and and try to suppress their hormones. I've read that in terms of during, in terms regards to that transition, a male would lose 5% of their muscle mass, which in general is not a lot. 5%. And looking at it from a competitive standpoint, I can understand why there would be, especially from the biologically female swimmers, who would take issue with someone like Leah Thomas because it's a disadvantage that's basically outside of their hands. 
it's not like, you know, something you can really look up on tape, you know what I'm saying, and actually try to devise a strategy to beat her in, you know? Yeah. And I think for me also, I think it variates depending on the sport, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, should she be allowed to compete? I guess, sure, she should be allowed to compete. But I could understand why there's objection to it because before you know her transition, she was swimming for the men as well. She was already she was a male swimmer before becoming a female one. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> the physical attributes that she had, I mean, it's not like she lost a lot of these things. It's not like a lot of them were gone. I mean, and some of these biologically female swimmers. Even in the five percent, or however much Leah may have lost in the midst of her transition, whether you want to admit it or not, there was still an advantage that she has over the biological female swimmers, and they just can't help themselves because they're not—they—they're not transitioning anything. They are biologically female. It reminds me of an old trainer I had in San Diego. I'll never forget. You know, we were working out one day, and one day he just came up, a uh, person was working out with me, said something to me. And they were trying to be like, you know, they said something in regards of trying to be like me. It was just another guy. But my trainer said, he's like, you can understand that our bodies all are biologically different. He's like, just because you train like him doesn't mean you'll end up being like him. Like, you could do the same exact workouts. He's like, like, like to the T. He's like, but your biological makeup just may be that you're not meant to look like he does. You may end up, you know, getting bulkier or you may end up getting more cut. Like our our bodies are just different. And like I said, I, I'm not an expert in regards to this, you know, in terms of transitioning of the of you no know, the transgenders in terms of competing. It's just that I guess I can empathize with those from a biological standpoint of why they would feel the way they do because they feel they're a competitive disadvantage that unfortunately there's nothing they can do to find an equal ground on, you know? And like like I said, again, it's just, it's just one of those things where, like I said, again, I mean, to me, swimming obviously is a different sport. It'd be different. Like we were talking about football, right? Mm -hmm. If If Leah Thomas was transitioning to football or being a football player, I don't even think this would be a conversation. Because no matter, I mean, less from a female, or excuse me, not Leah Thomas, but like if a, a woman who's biologically female decided to transition into a man, mm-hmm. I should say, but decided Sorry, to go play football. in the NFL. Yeah. I don't think it would be much of an issue. Because I think, you know, again, we're dealing in a sport where most of these men are like physically just like, monsters you know you wouldn't necessarily expect too much from a transgender woman in terms of being above and beyond those of the biological men playing in the nfl or even in the nba for that matter mm-hmm. you know I, I sat back and i made a point to my wife not too long ago i was like you know i think it'd be it wouldn't be as much coming from a female a transgender male, female, you know, turn herself into a male, going to the NBA because I think it would be more equal footing, you know? I was like, but hypothetically, let's say Shaq decided to become transgender and go play in the WNBA. 
do we still think that Shaq wouldn't be Shaq? Yes, no, biologically he wouldn't necessarily be the same, but it's like I told my wife, but like that mentality, that his style of play, the skill, all that stays the same. He would still be physically imposing. His mentality of, uh, of how physical he plays would still be the same. You know, I said, so for me, when I said, when, I, when it comes to Leah Thomas in regards of being a transgender female swimmer and just looking at, again, just some of the studies in terms of necessarily how much change goes in there and you yet still more or less have a physical advantage because of the fact you were originally a male to begin with, I, again, I can just understand why there would be some objection to it. Yeah. You know, because again, if, 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 if there's no way that you can put some of these women on an equal ground for someone who already has the advantage on top of them because they were originally something else. I mean, they have every right to feel upset about that. That's just, I mean, that must, I can just, I can just empathize. She could be, she should be allowed to compete, but I'm not necessarily against the fact that there are those who are objecting to it. Yeah. You know, and I, my take on it, she should be allowed to compete. And I think the only objection is because she won. If she had finished in last place, would this conversation be be uh, being had? No. Like, we're talking about her winning that one race, but she was in three competitions. She was in first mm-hmm. and one, fifth and one, and eighth and one. We're not talking about, like, Michael Phelps-level dominance here. Right. She won one, you know, one heat, and the person who lost was salty and made up excuses why she, why, why she wasn't number one. Pretty much, but, she well, was looking for a way to, to get to get the number one. But just interject real quick. But don't forget, there's also she. There was also a teammate though who objected to her necessarily competing too. So it wasn't just about her opponents. Yeah, there was there was a teammate of hers who actually kind of objected to the same fact. Yeah, but, the, but they're also still going up against each other though. I mean, yeah, she objected, but because you my teammate, but you still getting this silver because I got first. Right. At the end of the day, it's all if. If she had lost, would this be a conversation? I don't think so. I don't think the teammate would have objected if she was always coming in last. That's fair, but I mean, but we need to be realistic, though. She's not always coming in last. She's not. She came in first this one time. The other races, fifth and eighth, those aren't even meddling. That's not getting on the stand. That's not even close to the stand. Yeah, but also let's keep it. But that's also in that particular event, though. I mean, yeah, remember she's been rewriting. She's been doing all this shit. She has, and that was not one particular. And then it was, but that's what I'm saying. I think that's where the objection is coming from, too. I mean, you look at some of the, the, you know, like she's been rewriting the history books, and she earned the right. But at the same time, though, I think, though, from some of her peers, whether it be teammates or opponents or not, they're sitting there saying, like, well, the advantages that she has, you know, is somewhat unfair because we don't have that. You know, like there, there are strengths that she has that, again, just came with the fact of, who she is. Yeah, I still and the transition think that she's that she's making. I still think it's our because there were 27 uh records that were broken at that event, like as a total. But right. we're not talking about those 27 records being broken. And she didn't break those 27 records all by herself. Other women Absolutely were doing not. that as well. So you know what I mean? I think in the end, this is all I'm salty because I thought I should win. I should have beat her. She shouldn't even be in this race. I would have won if she wasn't here. That's what I think this whole thing boils down to. 
Uh, which is which is possibly true, and I'm not saying that you're wrong. Uh, again, I said I just think it, it it's such a very delicate subject. But like I said again, I think it would be I think it just varies by sport. Let's say I mean I'll send it. Let's say I mean I know I put Shaq in the you know into the you know the hypothetical I used before, but I mean that's a very unique situation. Yeah. Shaq is I just mean, a they don't make men unique. like Shaq. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But uh, like even if we just took a let's just say a regular Joe Blow, right? You know, maybe he's just an average height, six two, six three, and they transitioned, you know, to a woman and played in the WNBA. You know, I think depending on the sport, because basketball, you know, obviously it's not as physical as it used to be, but still a game of skill. I don't think again, I don't think you would hear as much, you know flack from it because again i think there's more of an equal footing in terms of that of that regard if that makes sense in what i'm telling you mm-hmm. if, if you get what i'm trying yeah, to say i think it's more of an equal footing in terms of that sport you know but like i said i mean i guess with something like swimming you know you know it's you, you swim for a team but it means also an individual sport in and of itself it's just i, I guess it's just so it's also a lot more exposed, so to speak, in terms of seeing the differences, if, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, I, like, you know, like you said, I mean, obviously she didn't break all the records by herself and there were some events that she didn't always come in first, obviously. You know, like I said, I, mean, I can see it from both sides, you know, but again, it's just like, I, I, I can see it from both sides. I can see where, like, where you're coming from. Like, well, she didn't always win all the time. But at the same time, there were probably moments where it's just like, yeah, yeah. But in the moments that she did win, does it give you cause to pause and sit there and think to yourself, like, well, although she won, plus I, I, plus I didn't necessarily, I didn't necessarily know much about her in terms of on her male side, like what her her strengths were, mm-hmm. you know, like what event she was strong in, you know. So I mean, I guess that would almost help my help, you know, my debate in terms of that regard. But like I'm assuming the one the events that she won and obviously those were the things that she was strong. You know, so I think you know, maybe if there was more 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 uh, more transgender athletes in general, maybe I would feel maybe maybe my my thought process would even change a little bit more. But I mean I'm not sure how many transgender athletes are really out there. I mean, based off of every time, you know, one even remotely Wednesday, people call it unfair. It ain't going to be a lot because it ain't worth the fight to a lot of them. And the thing that like, that pisses me off the most about it. Like you hear like all the people saying like they're ruining women's sports and all that, that, that kind of noise that's going on. These is people don't even watch women's sports. You know what I mean? Like, yo, like, yeah, I mean, obviously <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if you're not a person who like necessarily even watches a sport and you're just like, listen, like, that's why I think there's, there's a difference. Like it's a I'm, lot not of noise. About, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Listen, what Leah Thomas does in her personal life, if her choosing to make the transition, that's her right. I said, I'm just sitting there saying, just strictly from a competitive standpoint. And that's why I feel like I said, depending on the sport, it just variates. Yeah. I said, I think it just varies depending on the sport. I can understand why some of these young women feel the way they, way they do. Yeah, at the end of the day, you just didn't win. But at the same time, you're just sitting there saying, this, you know, also, there's this. It's one thing to lose to a woman who's actually like you, who's biologically like you, you know, but in the back of your mind that you're sitting there, you feel like, well, I'm losing to another woman who's basically 
trans who transitioned into one, it gives you cause to pause because it's just like, well, th- that's a different advantage in terms of losing to somebody who's just like me. You were just better. Yeah. I said, I think I, I, said, I, I could see I, I, said, I could see it from that side why they would feel that way. You know, because it's just like because you're always going to be sitting there questioning yourself. It's like, was it that you were just better than me? Or was it because of the fact like there were just certain attributes that you had, you know, in the midst of you know transitioning from what you transitioned from that I I never basically had you no know, the ability to keep up with you anyway. You know? Mm-hmm. I think that, that that in terms is is the question. You know, because I'll be I'll be honest, let's I don't know, because see, I, I got I got boys. You know, I got I got two boys. But like I said again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily know. I mean, I've <coughs> I've played against women before. Hell, I admit, I well years ago, but when I was a kid, I remember a girl beat me in basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, no shame in it. I admit it. She she beat me. You know, and I sit there and think sometimes, like if I ever played a transgender man, you know. I would like to think that I'll just go ahead and play because of the fact the matter of like, okay, well, you might be transgender, but the fact that you chose to be in this, you know, to be on this side now, I'm going to just play you like you're a man. Where in difference, where if I actually play a woman and I, and like, it's literally a woman, obviously my, my game changes a little bit. Admittedly so. You know, and I'll just keep it from a basketball standpoint. Yes, I got skill, but my game is also very physical. I know how to be physical, but it's a difference. Like if I'm playing a woman who's guarding me, now I know off top that I wouldn't be as physical with her as I would be with a man. Mm-hmm. If you know if that makes sense, does that make sense to you? Yeah. And I say, and I say, and that in there for me is where I run into the uh, where I run into uh, you know confliction because, like I said, when I look at it from the other side, like I said again, I understand where these young ladies are coming from, and yes, you're right. Maybe somebody is sour grapes, but at the same time. I don't think it takes away from the fact that they they have a point, which which is fair. But I think at the end of the day, until they're, I guess until there's a solidified ruling or understanding of how things are going to go, you're gonna. I, I guess you have to decide in in terms of if you find yourself in those regards, you have to decide whether or not you want to compete yourself, and you just mm-hmm. have to live with it. Yep, you'll just have to live. Just like I think again. Leah Thomas, you know, let's say she made the choice that she, you know, chose to make. More or less, is just gonna have to live with the fact that this is just what's gonna have to come with. Yeah, there's always gonna be a fight. Like, yeah, let's say it's, 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 there's always gonna be, you know, opinions. There's gonna be comments. There's gonna be, you know, unfortunately, hatred to some degree. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you're, you're choosing to compete, and since there's really no steady grounding or ruling as long as they're not no one's physically harming you the criticism i think is just something you just have to live with yeah and i think she's been doing a good job with it yeah i I mean as far as i can tell i mean again she's comfortable in her own skin she she does what she does i mean i think obviously when to make a choice like that you you have to be have to have already made the choice to be willing like whatever comes with this i'm going to take it you have to yeah Clearly, no, she still loves swimming so much so that she still wanted to compete even though she even after she made a transition. Yeah. So clearly, you no, know, swimming is a is a uh, 
is a passion for her. So be it. But I mean, but with that being said, also be willing to accept what comes with it because your because your circumstance obviously is different from most others most other swimmers. Correct. You know, we agree on that one hundred percent. I said it's 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 I said I think it's going to be interesting. You know, let's say I I I I find myself I can understand like yeah, go ahead and let her compete. But at the same time, I can understand why, you know, there are those who are opponents or even her own teammates may feel the way they feel because, again, there's just, like I said, there's just certain advantages that, again, it's different. Like, if you and I just, you know, obviously we're both men and we just can train and go at it and, or, like, guys I played against, you know, who worked on their game and stuff like that, you know, if you just better at me, better than me at the end of the day, that's fine. There's nothing I can do about that. But to be, to find myself in a position where, I was, like I said, again, men who are biologically for the most part stronger than women to be put in that position now i gotta go up against someone who you know biologically was already more or less in some ways a superior to me it's like yo <laughs> it's like there's nothing i could have done about that like no matter how much i train i may never be as strong as this person you know because they already had that advantage anyway but I guess in some ways it's all, it would have been the same way regardless, even if it was still biologically female to female. I mean, some of us are just stronger than others. Yeah. Just like, like there's some of us who are just, just some of us who are faster than others. But yeah, I, I said, I, I don't know. This is just, it's just, it's a very, it's a very delicate. I, said, I see it from both sides. Yeah, I agree. I, I see, I see, I see it from both sides. Both sides do I, have I a, a valid argument, but I say right. let her go. And I still think if she ain't get first, you wouldn't have had no problem with her being up in that up there. Y'all was just mad. That's my that that is my take. I still think that if she if she would have finished like eighth, it would have been all good. We wouldn't have had no story. There wouldn't have been no well, news articles. Well, I mean, but clearly, I mean, I'll, but see, I don't necessarily think that's true because I mean, like you said, she only got first in one event. I know that's the what, played, but, that's the only reason why we hear about her. If she didn't get first but, in that event, we wouldn't have heard about this whatsoever. But see, but I think we would have. I think we still would have anyway too because even though she's still placed in other events where, again, that's where some of the, you know, protesting or criticism per se came from. Because there were those who weren't necessarily saying they were mad because they didn't get first. They were just saying that we could have placed. But, but not in the other events. You don't place in fifth or eighth. And, like, the ones where she won, like, you know, where she got the, but yeah. The other ones where she was getting smoked, they had no issue. They were they weren't they weren't protesting when she was finishing eighth. Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, again, like I, said, I think like I said, again, like you said, if it had been, if had it been nothing but last place, I'm with you there. There's no story, you know. But again, like I said, I don't know all the ins and outs of you know competitive swimming. Yeah, you know, like I said, let's see if I can try to find. I think I saw one here's one particular story. Because I wanted to, say, wanted to say that they were saying some, like, for some, like, a certain reason, it's not enough about being in first place or something, but in terms of, like, some of the, uh, some of the results, like, it even affected in terms of, like, you know, the women's swimming team going towards the Olympics, stuff like that. Let's say I'll have to look up that and we'll probably have to re- revisit that, you know, this topic yeah, again at later. a yeah. later date. Because, I mean, even, uh, surprisingly, I mean, I just saw this headline right here. But even Caitlyn Jenner opposed 
Leah Thompson's victory, which is very course, shocking to me. Not to me. For for being no, you, someone you, who is trans, she has been she has had some very uh anti-trans stances. As I I'll be honest, as I there's only so much I've ever really paid attention to with Caitlyn Jenner, but I mean I know she supported her in terms of her transition, but I didn't realize she was against her in terms of her competing. So I mean, like I said, it's it's going to be interesting, you know, moving forward. Yeah. And like I said, I don't, and I don't know how far you know, Leah Thomas is trying to take this. Like I, said, I think this is just a this this something to revisit. Like I, said, I see yeah, it from both sides. I don't, she's uh, not uh, Olympic level good, from what I've seen. So this is kind okay, of you know the the end of the line. She's not anywhere near. Um, yeah, she she's not she's not world best. This was just NCAA. Right. Well, well, I said, I mean, she she should be allowed she should be allowed to compete. But again, I can understand why you know some of her opponents and even her own peers would feel the way they feel. I said, I, I said, I could just understand why they would. Yeah. You know, I said, I just I just think that, again, it's just at the end of the day, you know, as long as she's willing to take whatever's you know coming with you no know, coming her way, that that that's what matters. You know, in terms of her. Yeah, I, I you know, agree. But I, I agree. But I, also, but I also think, again, it just varies depending on the sport. Like I said, because, again, I mean, if if I ever find out there's a transgender, you know, playing, like, you know, college basketball, you know, I think you know, that would actually support Leah Thomas's point even more because, again, you you wouldn't even know. If they're not dominating, who cares? Exactly. Exactly. All right, before we wrap this up, you got anything else you want to drop? Um, no, sir. Yeah, I said all I had to say in terms of uh, the final four. I am excited. I can't wait for next week. I I can't wait to see what our next show is going to be like. <laughs> We're going to see how you're feeling. We're going to see how you're we'll feeling. See. We will see. <laughs> all right, go ahead and drop your socials. Yes, sir. As always, it is at the MCG. O D is in David I B is in Victor A at the Mikadiva on Twitter. All right, and I am at J Sug at J A Y S U G G also on the Twitter. And until the next time, we out. Later.